0: Hello everyone, this is your host KK. I'm super excited to let you know that I've launched my first book called Why Me First. It's available on Amazon.com. I'm putting the link in the show notes. Click the link, grab your copy today. There is a free gift for everyone inside the book. May I also request you to please leave me a review that would mean the world to me. Thank you so much. Imagine celebrating your success going on holidays having bonfire on the beach with your loved ones unfortunately most entrepreneurs experience burnout within the first year but what is it that makes others succeed i'm your host Tajal kurana call me kk join me as we have fireside chats with experts who have insider secrets around how to rest rejuvenate recharge and be Bonfire Entrepreneurs. Hello and once again, welcome back to Be Bonfire Entrepreneurs with your host, Kajal Khurana, KK. Our amazing guest today has traveled across Asia and now he's based in Singapore. He was into production and now he creates content and he works with one of the biggest, or he is kind of having his own entity inside media Corp. And his name is Diogo Martins. <laughs> Welcome to B, Hi. Diogo.
1: <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. It's a
0: pleasure. Thank you. I was trying to pronounce his name correct. So before we started recording, I was trying to do a little rehearsal. That's why he said, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So nice to have you here, Diogo. So please let our listeners know who Diogo Martins is.
1: Sure, I can give you a quick intro. Actually, I started out uh, studying uh, biomedical engineering, which was a field completely different from what I am now. And after a couple of years of studying and working on it, I thought that I should tried to find my career as something that I loved rather than something that I thought would give me a future career. Mm. And my parents were very supportive of it. So I then changed to film school and media school. So I did my whole education in Portugal and in Hong Kong. I did that. I ended up doing a master's in Hong Kong as well. Mm. So specialized in film production in script writing in a lot of complicated multimedia stuff that I don't use anymore. Because it's now not useful for the market and i started working as a freelancer for five six six years uh, traveling through portugal hong kong macau china and then ended up uh, landing here in singapore five years ago uh, where i started working at MediaCorp as a producer
0: Amazing. So you just mentioned in your intro that uh, you used to write scripts and it's no longer useful. What type of content is useful now in today's time?
1: To be honest, the type of scripts that I was writing was 150 page scripts. It was to try to make movies and a lot more complicated content like you see in Hollywood and everywhere else. And to be honest, when I started to specialize in social media, the majority of the scripts that we now write are two-page, three-page scripts that even outlines most of the time. So it's just a concept. We work a lot with uh, content creators and actors that kind of wing it when they're producing the content. Very seldom do they have specific lines that they do. And a lot of the content we produce is more on the real side of things. So it's real conversations. It's a more organic type of content rather than planned and structured type of stuff. So it's changed a lot for the past 10 years, actually.
0: Right. And what difference do you see? I'm sure you have been working with different firms, you know, and agencies, but there are also small entrepreneurs who do their own production. Like, for example, videos are in these days, and people are just making videos from their mobile. But other brands use production, you know, proper production house to do their adverts or their content. So what difference do you feel? Does it make any difference?
1: So one of the few things that I usually give as advice for the most, majority of the content creators that work with us at Boomer, which now are a, is a pretty decent amount of people, is that they shouldn't really, if they're working on social media, if they're working on YouTube, they're working against algorithms that are fighting their content to not be seen by people. So it's not to favor the content creator. And usually what I tell them is the only way that you can fight that machine is if you create a lot of content. And if you are concentrating on making a multi-million dollar production for any brand, if you are an agency, if you are a a small entrepreneur and you are spending all of your money on a single video, you're going to lose the fight against those algorithms. So then the simplest advice that I usually give those content creators is whatever budget you're using to make one video, multiply it by 10 and then make 100 videos out of it. Those 100 videos will give you a lot more reach than that one single video that might get you what everyone thinks is going to be viral that never happened.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. People talk about these viral videos and I don't know how people do it. Can you give us more insight about it? Like you just mentioned, creating one into, you know, times 10 times 100, which is interesting. But, you know, especially solopreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs don't have that kind of mindset Sometimes they think they don't have resources, they don't want to spend money, or genuinely they might not have money to spend. Their budgets are very limited and they want to do everything on their own. Create video, edit, and post, and you know. So what kind of advice would you give uh, aspiring entrepreneurs with limited resources to create viral content?
1: To be honest, the idea of an entrepreneur is exactly the same concept as a filmmaker or as a content creator. You have to create your budgets, you have to create your deliverables, your entire business is dependent on the products that you're coming out with, which usually is a video. So uh, this is something that I used to talk a lot with the partners that I created my company with in Hong Kong, where it was, uh, we were a lot in the startup industry at the time, but we were concentrating on making videos rather than specific products. And the mindset is exactly the same. It, it is, you need to use the least amount of resources possible to get your product on the line and then iterate it until the point where you get the best possible option out of that content, out of that product or that content. So, then a solopreneur, someone that is starting out and they want to create their own content to advertise for the type of campaigns or the type of companies that they own, the thinking should be the majority of YouTubers make their content for free. So the idea is they start to get a little bit better with the time that they're producing. It takes them a year or two to get to the level where they become internationally famous. Mm -hmm. But the majority of them literally start to shoot it from home. They start to shoot it with the phone, like you mentioned. They start to shoot it with a couple of friends. They do some special effects on the computer that are easy to do. So nothing too complicated. So the idea that you can make a viral video just by making that type of content is kind of loose scenario for me. It's it's usually a very loose-loose scenario actually. The majority of content that goes viral in any country in the world is usually very detrimental to the company that has created it. You can have uh, companies like Dollar Shave Club and a couple of others that were extremely successful with viral videos that they created, but the majority of viral videos that simple people create end up being a hassle because they get a lot of negativity around them, even if they're great videos, get a lot of backlash from media and from other agencies that try to take the content, use the content. It becomes a a complete mess, correct? So then the main idea behind what people think a viral video is, is inherently wrong. And the majority of the great viral videos that you know that were successful and gave great results to the companies that did it, they had millions of dollars behind them. A simple example, everyone knows a baby from Justin Bieber. So the music video that was created by Justin Bieber, he was just starting out and the entire strategy behind making him the superstar that he is now worldwide was to push him for every single type of talk show, every single type of place that you, you could be at, right? And then it started to get the backlash that he became the worst liked video in, on YouTube. It's since been replaced by a few others. But the idea behind the PR machine that was creating that viral success was that, He needed to have as much exposure as possible. So then the offline media would push the content online for it to increase. So if you want to create a viral video, your strategy for offline, your strategy for all other types of video needs to be very on point, needs to be very expensive, and you need to know exactly what you're doing. And the majority of people, majority of companies, majority of agencies don't. So then they think, oh, I want viral. But viral is just a word, if you think about it. So then they, they end up spending too much money on content that no one watches most of
0: the time but then there are a lot of other marketing guys i would say who are spreading this kind of information oh i created this viral video and do you want to know how i got ten thousand followers in just three months or you know two weeks what do you have to say about these people because they are claiming that they got their videos viral from zero to hero they became and they can teach other people do you think they're genuine
1: okay so this is where a bit of my background in engineering and just analyzing things for what they are. This is a huge survival bias uh, situation. So the majority of these marketers, the ones that have had huge successes, those are the ones that you remember. Those are the ones that survived the machine. You don't talk about the other 999 that have been creating content that have been working for the past 10, 20, 30 years, and they haven't had a single success. Mm. So then the mindset is, oh, I want to do what that guy is doing or I want to read that guy's book and then I think that I can implement it to myself. It's the same thing as investing money in the stock market. If someone is talking about their successes in the stock market, you probably shouldn't follow that guy in terms of what you want to invest in, correct? Because the ones that are making the real money are not telling you how they're making the real money.
0: So you you should use (laughs) the same
1: type of... Just open your mind to the possibility that you are being marketed upon rather than marketed for or with. So it becomes a bit of a problem.
0: Yeah, sadly people have this shiny object syndrome these days and they tend to fall for these traps. So I know there are a lot of people Making money from this, you know. People buy these courses and all these things, uh, coaching programs, and they get nothing at the end of the day. And they are feeling frustrated. Like most of the entrepreneurs I have been talking to, they have spent thousands of dollars. Almost everyone have spent like tens of thousands of dollars to buy courses or have coaching program and still they don't see the success. They haven't made million dollars yet. So they, I, they what, get
1: something out of it, they get that out of
0: it. Right? <laughs> I hope not (laughs) so what do you have to tell people how can they wisely spend their money rather than falling for all these shiny object syndromes and spending uh, you know tens of thousands of dollars how can they use this ten thousand dollars wisely
1: if you had ten thousand dollars to spend in your marketing or just to make content okay so I am not saying this as something that it was me that said it I've read it from a bunch of different marketers and a bunch of different specialists and usually the mindset should be for whatever you're doing in terms of the content that you want to advertise for our market, you should always think of something that you are giving your audience that no one else can give. So the idea usually that all those courses sell is, oh, I'm going to tell you how to create leads. I'm going to tell you how to create the funnel for all the right. stuff that you are marketing. Right? But the majority of the time is, oh, I have to pay to get the news or I have to pay to get the information that comes from it. If you think about it on social media nowadays, if you have $10,000 to spend, I would save 950 bucks, probably use the first 500 bucks to try to research the single thing that you can give to your audience that no one else can give. It can be something as simple as, so Singapore is going to open for phase two tomorrow for the restaurants and for parks, for everything, correct? So if you are an F&B outlet, and you want to bring people back to your restaurant, instead of showing the type of food that you have, why not start talking about all the things that you guys were doing during CB that is now making your product better? This can be an entire series of content that you can easily make from home. You wouldn't need to spend much money to do it. You then send it to your 10 or 20 best friends, 10 or 20 best customers, If you then have a Facebook account, Instagram account, or anything like that, you send it to the ones that you think that are going to be valuable and you tag them in those posts. So then it spreads accordingly. So the idea is you always need to give more to your audience than you're taking from them. Because in my opinion, taking people's time for shit content is like the worst thing that a content creator can make. Mm. So in your mindset, you've already saved 950 bucks. You started to create content that is easy to produce you have this pipeline of stuff that you can post on your socials, that you can post on whatever platform you are using. And then you have, if that doesn't work for the first month or two while you are doing it, then you can slowly start thinking of performance marketing. You can slowly start thinking about amplifying the type of content that you are making or using people with a bigger platform. But it needs to be an incremental push. It shouldn't be, oh yes, I'm gonna make that ad, I'm gonna make that piece of content that's gonna make me popular. I'm going to use all of the techniques of all these Shylocks telling me and selling me concepts of marketing that you can easily read for free or look up for free on YouTube. Right. That you know, these programs for anything.
0: Right. You're so right. And I like the example you gave show the people what you were doing behind the scenes like you probably you were refining your culinary arts or you know you sent your chefs for extra trainings or whatever or maybe you added some new dishes to your menu which were not charity yeah or maybe charity you were giving free food to people who needed it awesome i really like that analogy so what are some mistakes people make when it comes to marketing and content creation
1: Marketing as a whole, that's a tough one because I see them all the time. So trying to figure out one that is easy to pinpoint. Or you can give
0: few examples, like up three or five points you think people really don't understand. Because like you mentioned, algorithm keeps changing on different platforms, Facebook, YouTube. Apart from algorithm, I think the trends are also changing. It's yeah. evolving very fast.
1: One of the things that the majority of people that work on social media try to ride on is any trend that is very hot at the moment that they see that it's going to happen right? But that usually happens. So doing social listening, which is one of the things that we specialize at Boomer, it we are always trying to figure out trends before they happen. Because the moment that, for example, Mothership or any other type of publisher in Singapore has caught on to a trend, it's already going down the curve of how that trend is gonna react. So when a brand is catching on to that, the audience already knows that it's an old trend. So if you're making content that is trying to ride on trends that you see from the publishers or other types of media, you're already a bit too late to the the trip that that trend can give you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can see this uh, happening a lot on trend-based media or publishers uh, on Instagram or any other platforms Mm -hmm. where you now see that their content has been used in smaller uh, meme-based trend accounts or it's being taken from Reddit stealing content from reddit trends is one of the things that happens here a lot that you see it all the time so for example if you are a a big user or a power user or reddit or fortune you will then see immediately what people are uh, basing their content on so one of the big mistakes that people do is they think that the trend is more important than the content Mm. and they forget that they need to tell stories with their content rather than to just write a trend they need to have a conversation with their audience they need to have a conversation with their clients and their customers and most of the time it's just oh look this is a, f- a popular trend now give me brownie points because i know how to talk to you in the same way that the stuff that you're looking on social media is correct and that to me is one of the biggest mistakes is that you are talking at people you're not talking with people
0: all right right so, so people connect with people the exactly. authenticity should be there that's so exactly. true Nice. I also know that you are a YouTube expert. So talk to us uh, more about YouTube, how YouTube works. What is the best strategy to put your content on YouTube?
1: So it's one of those things. I usually work behind the scenes to try to optimize content from clients and from media card. So I used to produce my own YouTube videos, but they were terrible when I used to do it, which was a long time ago. Uh, but it gave me an insight into how the machine works, how the how right. the And YouTube, to be honest, is one of those machines that is pretty simple to understand how the concept uh, works. If you think about it on YouTube, you have uh, billions of views a day. You have millions and millions of uh, videos uploaded every single day. So the barrier barrier of entry for anyone to post on YouTube is pretty small. So you just go on the platform, you press upload, you can put your video there. But the platform will not help you in making your content popular because they know that on average, everyone is posting content on the platform and they stop doing it after a while. So then to incentivize you to do it, the algorithm literally creates a bunch of limitations for everything that you are doing. So it doesn't give you a lot of views when the videos come out. It doesn't give you a lot of reach. It doesn't give you a lot of engagement. But if you do it consistently, if you share from outside the platform to bring people inside the platform to watch your content, if you make sure that people keep watching your content. So the audience retention graph on the analytics for YouTube is one of the most important things a content creator can concentrate on. Mm
0: -hmm. So you
1: make sure that if you make three minutes of a video, you have two minutes and 50 seconds of people watching it, not 15 seconds, correct? And that incrementally increases your standing in the algorithm. And then you get to a point where anything that you produce, anything that you do that has 5,000 views or 10,000 views in the first hour, can even trend on the platform. So you need to get those little steps in. One of the things that most people that start on YouTube, they think, oh, I'm gonna create two or three videos in a couple of months, I'm gonna get viral, like mentioned before, and I'm gonna have hundreds of thousands of dollars coming out of it. But the reality is, if you study any big YouTuber that has worked in the industry for the past 10, 12 years, The first two to five years of what they were doing, no one is watching them. It's literally like breaking bricks every single day, small, small pieces of brick to make sure that you get enough uh, dust to create your own castle. Mm -hmm. And you keep pushing that content out. You keep doing it on a regular basis. You keep bringing people from outside the platform in to watch your videos. So you keep giving the algorithm reasons to start pushing your content in the suggested page for everyone else. So this is something that you always need to keep in mind so the idea that if you don't do it consistently if you don't iterate and if you don't make slow adjustments to get that audience retention higher and higher you won't go anywhere in the platform
0: so what do you mean I mean how consistent should they be once every week is good enough or more
1: when you're more. starting out yeah once once a week is pretty good Okay. So um, I know of uh, gaming channels that do it daily, if not twice a day, uh, mm. but they grow up. They grow very fast. But it's more right. to do with the engagement and the content that they're producing. So it's very trendy content, very trendy games that are working.
0: Right, right. But if somebody wants to do more than once, it's also okay, right? I know yes. usually people have this, they're camera conscious and they have these fears and all these things and people give up easily. The consistency, consistency is not there. They try for one, two, three months and they don't see any traction and they give up. I yep. normally tell my audience to stay consistent at least for 12 months because everything has a process i come up with this example you know even for a child to be born it takes 9 months
1: exactly
0: child to be in the mother's womb forget about before and after process you know so if your business is your baby give at least 9 months this is my line you know if your business is your baby give at least 9 months so you are saying once every week is good enough apart from making sure that the video should be engaging people yes. should not leave within uh, you know, a few seconds of watching. Do you have any tips for our audience to make engaging videos?
1: It really depends on the type of product that you're selling. Mm-hmm. So this used to happen a lot. Um, if you are, let's say, you're making a uh, a simple B two C type of video, mm-hmm. and you know that your audience is eventually gonna buy your product, right. there are a bunch of YouTubers that what they do is showing you every single step that they go through into making their business viable. So if you think about it, like that meeting that you think that went wrong, why did it went wrong? What did I learn from that meeting? What was the best way for me to talk to my client in a way that you would have bought my product? That's right. an insightful opinion of someone that is in the dirt working to get their business going. Correct? And that's, that, that's immediately one video that you can make. You're welding the pieces of your product, trying to put it into the market, and you do a stupid mistake and you burn out the the product. That's another video. So the idea is you need to see first how your business works, the type of things that you are doing, and then get that human factor for everything that you are doing. You're depressed, you're hurt, you need to do exercise. Talk about it. So So engage with your audience. Yeah, okay
0: okay like being authentic and sharing your own journey your own experiences yeah Yeah. like russell brunson says hook you know hook Hook. your audience start with a hook okay because
1: when you're talking about yourself there's a light that turns on in your eyes that makes you be engaging to anyone that is in front of you some people say that if you tell a story people will engage with you but the idea is that you are confessing your life to someone on the screen correct so immediately they start to connect to you as a person and you have your first hundred or your first thousand super fans that are going to be the ones that are going to follow you for whatever you do. So um, a lot of companies now do this for Kickstarter, for example. They know that their campaign is coming in six months or a year. So then they start to show all of the process up to that point. And then when they launch on Kickstarter, they sell out their products in two hours or three hours because they've created that the connection time. to their audience before. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. I have too many questions in my head, but we have very limited time and you have amazing information to share with our audience. So maybe we'll have you once again in a couple of months. So, you know, our audience can get a nag of what uh, Diogo has to offer. So Diogo uh, give one piece of advice to our listeners to escape burnouts and increase their productivity.
1: Coming from a scriptwriter's perspective and a producer's perspective, Burnouts usually happen when your expectations are much, better, much bigger or much higher than the results that you are getting, and you, start to, you stop and you start thinking about all of those amounting pressures that come into what you are doing, and you can't really see the, the end of the line, the actual success of what you are doing. Right? And this, the more it happens, the more it becomes complicated and the more the burnout is possible to happen. And you start to work against yourself when it does. The idea is, the easiest way to think about it is when you mentioned birth, pregnancy as an example. So you have a finish line, the baby comes out. But you then have another 18 years to teach that baby to become a valuable human. So you're just starting when the baby comes out. So it's the same way, for example, when you think about exercise. You want to lose five kilos. And you go for your first run. You're half dead after it, and you think, oh, this will never happen. Right. But then the idea is, no, next morning, just put your step in front of the other, go again. Mm-hmm. Put your shoes next to the door so you remember that you have to go running. And then the next day you do it again, and then the next day you do it again. For burnout, the thinking is what has happened to you, and it happens to everyone, is something that can be surpassed but you first need to accept that it needs to be surpassed. So you first need to accept that all of those ideas and things that you have in front of you, they need to be systematized rather than to just be goals that you cannot achieve. So Mm. hopefully to help entrepreneurs with this is, if you start to become too tired of what you're doing, if you start to become too stuck in your old ways, try to think of a system that will get you there rather than just the mindset that you need a goal to get to to it. So it's literally, okay, today I might just do a small change in what I've been doing, but that incremental change, that 1% better, that 10% better will will make you a much uh, better person and it will let you pass that burnout and advancing towards your goal. It's the same mindset of YouTube, it's the same mindset of social. Sometimes you need to take content that you think that is shit and put it out there because you know that the next day it might be slightly better and then the next day might be slightly better. So incrementally you'll get to a point where you accept that, okay, you're working towards
0: something. Right. Amazing. So your expectations play hard on you sometimes. And I would also add to this, if you feel you're feeling stuck and you don't know how to move the needle forward in your business, get in contact with successful people or who come from the uh, you know experience industry background into media and marketing content production like Diogo you know they can help you it is going to save you rather than you know getting burnt out and giving up and cribbing about it so Diogo if people want to get in contact with you where can they find you
1: I think the easiest one is you go to my LinkedIn it's just my entire name (laughs) (laughs) which is a pretty long name, but you can find me there.
0: I'm going to put it in show notes anyway. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put your LinkedIn uh, URL in our show notes. So, people can get in touch with you. I really wanted to touch uh, on, uh, you know, your work with uh, Singapore government as well as the United and other stuff. Mm -hmm. But we are running out of time. So maybe we'll leave that for next time time for sure. Because Diogo is doing amazing work with Singapore government. And very rarest of my guests, most of my guests are from US and Europe. I do not have many guests I think he's the second one from Singapore so it's amazing to have somebody on the same timeline it gets easy to do the interview during the day you know so thank thank you for having me thank you for accepting my invitation it was a pleasure talking to you and I'm definitely going to have you once again thank you have a good day bye thank you so much for listening do you know fragrance remains in the hands that gives rose would you please share this episode with your entrepreneur friends so we can help each other escape burnout, increase productivity and achieve our goals faster. Also let me know what topics you want me to cover in our future episodes at info at bodymindsolution.com. Would you please take a moment to rate and review this show that would mean the world to me and yes, don't forget to subscribe. This is your host, KK. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.